are men. Men are women. Men are giant sword-wielding cows. And men are little people with disturbing dances. That world is Azeroth. Coming up on an all-new Tavern Cast. Special guest star, Scooby-Doo. Oh, I love Tavern Cast. Welcome to the Thunder Brew Distillery here in Cavernous Dunmore. Dust off your favorite drinking mug, order up a pint of Rhapsody Malt, and settle in. It's time for another round of Tavern Cast with your hosts, Thromley, Aloysius, and Kern Cater. We'll bring ye tools, tips, tales, and tricks from the great world of Warcraft. Welcome to TavernCast 25. I'm Aloysius. I'm Cromley. And this is Karen Kater. Visit us on the web at www.taverncast.com. And now, here's something we hope you'll really like. How to buy computers, components, and or electronics. Brought to you by Newegg.com. Now, for an actual testimonial from an actual Newegg.com customer, let's hear from Dane. Service so quick, you'll cry like a just-kicked baby. Whoa! Let it be clear that Newegg.com does not support the kicking of babies. I've been shopping around for computer parts, and I noticed myself referring back to Newegg. The online computer component and electronic superstore that does not support the kicking of babies. Because the prices were comparable to board because of the amazing return policy, I kept referring back to Newegg.com. Caring nurturers of babies and low prices. For customer reviews. So I ordered my components. I barely stood up from my desk before my package was at my doorstep. Thank you, Dane, for that disturbingly descriptive testimonial. For huge selection, great prices, and fast shipping on computers, components, and electronics, go to NEWEGG.com. Once you know, you knew egg. New host, Taverncast, auditions, take 55. Sup, I'm here for the audition for Taverncast. Um, I'm going to wow you with a little song. Hope you like it, so here it goes. <clears throat> Listen to Taverncast. Every time I hear it makes me laugh. It makes for a better day. And what the heck did Cod just say? Kern's talking about RP and lore. The way she delivers, it's never a bore. Eloy's not taking any pally flack. Cromley's in the shadows waiting to stab the horde in the back. Beer bot, beer bot, beer bot. Yeah, beer uh, thanks. <clears throat> that was great. Welcome to Taverncast. This is your new host... What? No, I'm busy right now, Mom. No, I'm not looking at porn again. Can this wait? I'm busy. Mom, I'm 35 years old. Yeah, like, I, I'd like to do a show, or, or I'd like to be on your show and, like, talk a little bit about, like, RP, you know, role-playing. I role-play a druid named Bob. He's always in a cat form and, and so on. And I, I think that, uh, I, I think a night elf druid by, by the name of Bob would be really cool, I think, you know. I'm not really 
big into the whole being my character thing. Bob's really a, a laid-back, modern kind of Drew and all, you know, and I think that'd be really, really cool. So you don't have a level 60 character? Ha- hello? My name is Saddam. I wish to be on podcast with Romney, Loxius, and Chanchate. Anyway, other day, I was playing WoW. I go to Vendor and ask to buy weapons. He said he don't have any. I said, come on, Sonny. We've all heard that one before. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, make sure you buy our CD. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to TavernCast. For Aloysius, press 1. For Kinkater, press 2. For Cromley, press 3. For Karg, please stay on the line. Hey, y'all. This is a condo. We up in the club. Hanging out with Tavern Cast. We're getting our swerve on. You know how us players play? Alright. And this is just a public service announcement going out there for all you orcs. You know what? You can't make a horse eater a housewife. You know what I'm saying, fools? They eat some horse. You can't make that a housewife. That's great. We'll give you a call. Don't call us. We'll call you. Peace. So what do you do for your day job? Hey, maybe we can get Karg to do an audition. Maybe we can get him back on the show. I don't know, man. Taverncast host auditions. Karg. Take 58. Marker. Come on, man. Come on, just try. Just try. You know, I got plenty of ways to make money. Talk, talk, about, talk about Warriors or something. Last week I went to um, Marshall Fields. They had a sale. <laughs> Dude, screw all of Warcraft, man. Don't you know anything about Warcraft anymore? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's full of hot chicks that don't exist, so that's why I gave up, man. <laughs> I mean, every f***ing... Oops. Oh, okay, so is this the audition now? Oh, okay. Um, my character's a night elf hunter named Arwen, that's with two A's. I think I could do a real good job as the next host of Tavern Cast. When, when Kern Kater didn't feel like it, I could do her lore stuff. So, so here goes. <clears throat> the lore of Warcraft. Pretty good, huh? Anyways... Uh, so, Sylvanus used to be this elf, but Arthas put the smackdown on her. He made her into a banshee, and this really pissed her off. So, she got some other undead, and they threw him out of Lord Arian. That's what they used to call the Undercity. Well, that's it. You know, if Kern Kater wants to keep doing the lore, that's fine. I got other great ideas for segments, like like a fashion advice segment, or, or I got a great money-making segment. I call it Dance Your Way to a Mount. Yeah, all right, all right. Or, that, that's... Okay, okay, I'm almost done. Thank you. Just one question. I don't like beer. Can I drink wine coolers instead? Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Can you try it again and not quite try to sound like yourself? Thanks. Hello, this is Skyler. I have eight level 60s all in their tier 2 sets. I know this game better than anyone. And Kankater, you know he's wrong. Seriously, you guys sound like total losers. Plus, all the chicks love me. Uncourage was my idea. I was talking to a developer and said, like, Why are there more bugs? They were like, MFG, you're Skylar. You totally know what's going on more than us. So, uh, think about it. But don't take too long, because my mom's taking me out for ice cream later. You've got a really special personality. Special's a good word. Yeah. This is just bad. We can't find a replacement host. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little worried about this. I mean, Card. Card doesn't even play the game anymore. Everybody wants Card to come back, but he's not playing. Yeah, you gotta at least be playing the game. 
and, and know how to turn on a computer. I don't know what to do. You know I'm what? Lost. What about that? What about that Mr. Movie Guy voice? Do you think his wife would let him come and do the show? You talking about the guy who does the beginning of the show? Yeah. Coming up on an all new Taverncast. All he can do is movie voice stuff. Can he turn on a computer? I, I don't know. Does should... he even play the game? We should ask him. We, we, he could fake it. All he has to do is drink beer. All right, what the hell? Let's bring him Let's on a show. Back. like to welcome to Taverncast our new host, Infernal Bill. <laughs> I'd like to say thank you so much. I really Do I have to talk like this the entire time that I'm on Taverncast? Actually, yes. All yes, right. you do. Well, I look time. forward to it uh, because this is the way that I run my everyday life. Good morning. <laughs> Good night, children. Have pleasant dreams. Daddy's making me cry again. <laughs> In a world where children go to bed on time. <laughs> In a world where it's time to do your homework. Dad, are you and trying can, to tell can... me something? Yes, you should be doing your homework yes, now. But Dad, I don't want it. Quiet, or it's a timeout for you. Coming up next, spankings. <laughs> so Bill's been Bill's been active on uh, the Tamarcast board since the very beginning. He's been a uh, subscriber and a fan for a long, long time. He's an officer in the Pod People Guild, and he's been Mr. Movie Voice doing our openings for the shows since episode twenty. Welcome Yay. to the show, Bill. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm really looking forward to uh, to doing this little venture you, you guys have got play, going on. Right? You do play the game, backgammon. It's fantastic. I seriously can't get enough. Red squares, black square, black circles. <laughs> No. Yeah, wrong game, dude. So, yeah. 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 Hey, tell everybody uh, what you play and where you play, and tell everybody a, a bit about yourself, your personality, who you are, your credit card numbers, and a little bit about your family medical history. Well, everybody knows about my credit card numbers already, because I'm the guy that gave that out over a TeamSpeak session one time in a, in a raid. I think I was ordering pizza or Mexican food or something, and I was doing it while simultaneously throwing down the damage with my warlock, and I was just so used to doing push-to-talk for the past two hours, I pushed to talk while I was on the telephone and giving up my Not once. Number. Not just once. Not either. once, but twice with the expiration date. So I think, I, I, you know, I got some very nice thank you notes for everybody else in my party for the plasma TVs they got by the end of the week, and, you know, that really helped balance everything out. Yeah, yeah. My wife was like, honey, why do we have five plasma televisions charged to our account? I'm like, it's a guild thing, honey. Warcraft. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> I'm purchasing my friendships. I'm a giver. They, you know, they offered up DKP. <laughs> They're all takers. Yeah, right. Epic <laughs> television. We five DKP for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Went into Undead Strat, came out with an epic television. <laughs> I'm buying my DKP. So I started uh, playing this game back in August. I know it's been around much longer than that, but... Being a, you know, dad and having a full-time job and, you know, dealing with all the big adult-type stuff, I tried to avoid getting totally sucked into the whole MMO thing, and that pretty much lasted up until August when I bought it and subscribed to the Tavern Cast and got fully enveloped in the game. Did you play anything before Warcraft? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. You know, I, like, I did in college. There was, a, there was an online, it's almost like a text game called uh, Ancient Anguish. And to give you it, to date it, it was, I remember 
playing, I, I played that a little bit off and on. I was just amazed at how many people were actually playing at one time. Because before that, it was, you know, ColecoVision, Atari, everything. You know, just, you're playing with the neighbors next door. But this is, you're playing on a, on a very big, massive scale, should I say? And I remember, I remember somebody announcing that Princess Diana had just died. And everyone was like, no way, you know, that's impossible. Mm. So was it, it was like a text-based mud then? That's exactly what it was. It's exactly what it was. Awesome. It was a text-based yeah, mud. It was interesting because, you know, you had to read everything and, and, you know, pretty much you skimmed it and you used... It was like the choose-your-own-adventure online style, you know, with just tons of other people. So mm. it was a lot of fun and I played that and then I, I got involved with the, um, you know, with the other... Blizzard products like Warcraft, being a, a Mac aficionado, um, that's pretty much what I was limited to. Uh, that and you know Dark Castle. So it, those were great fun. I mean, and you know I did the Warcraft one and Warcraft two, um, Warcraft three and the expansion and Diablo. Uh, those were all those were all great fun. Many many hours on that, but certainly. Those all pale in comparison to the hours and hours that I've spent on uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, or, Is there any chance of, uh, of bringing your your extended family members into the game anytime soon? You know, I keep trying on that front. My uh, my wife, Infernal Jill, as she's known amongst uh, amongst friends, she she's a little bit resistant. She you know she'll look over my shoulder and she'll see me you know an instance, and I'm like, okay, hun, watch this, you know, and <laughs> she's like, uh, I don't get it. So it, <laughs> it's it's not exactly That's nice, honey. Right. So it's not exactly for everyone. Um, yeah. But I've got a five-year-old son that just you know loves watching it. And what he really likes doing right now is you know rolling up brand new characters. He plays them you know like for up to level two, and then he gets bored. I swear. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm like all these different. He'll just log on to like random servers and start creating characters just to kind of see what they look like. And um, hmm. he, that makes sense. He, yeah, he loves it. He's having a blast, and then he'll just do the very, very easy, easy, you know, level one, level two quests where he doesn't have to read a whole lot. He can kind of go out and kill some zombies or bats or you know wolves or something, and uh, and he loves it. And then he gets bored, and then he'll want to watch. Then he asks me to come in and watch him play, or have, he wants to watch me play, or something. So basically, my mom and your son would have a great time playing together. And my mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we should start a guild just for them. <laughs> right. I mean, come I, on, Infernal Son, let's go kill some wolves, and then we'll watch some television. It's funny. Okay. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because we actually have an Xbox as well, and he will get he'll get on the Xbox, and my dad will come over, and they'll play together, and it's a competitive match. <laughs> my five, my five year old and my dad are on the equal playing levels. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he, it's it's amazing how fast uh, little kids get good at this sort of stuff with the hand eye coordination and oh, yeah. you know rotting their brains, which you know I'm a big fan of. So um, <laughs> we're all about here at Tavercast, <laughs> <laughs> right? Optometrists should like you know give us glasses for free or something. <laughs> stare at these computers for so long. I think I'm going to go blind. It's either that or something else making me go blind. One of the two. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa. Ask your parents. Get this guy off the show. (laughs) You see this beer? Going back in the refrigerator. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Next up, we're going to be talking about genocide and pedophilia. (laughs) And how much Cromley loves sheep. <laughs> it's this kind of highbrow comedy that really brought me to Tavern Cast in the first place. This We're sophisticated. Spotted Dick. I can't wait. <laughs> you, you can't wait for Spotted Dick. That's what I'm looking forward to. 
you know, it's the whole pay. It's all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll let's cry. move on to the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Tavern Cast this week is brought to you by La Chouf. La Chouf. La Chouf. And La Chouf is an artist. I'm not even going to tell you what I thought this said. So. Artist, it's, Please it's, do. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. What could it be? If you stick your finger over the first half of it, the word becomes the word anal. And this is just not... The cast is just going downhill what? from... Wow. What is with anal wow. ale? Okay. I don't know. Look at... Wow. See? Seriously? Look at this. And reboot yeah, the true. cast. Anal Belgians. You know what, you know what this is going to do? Belgians. This is going to elicit all sorts of emails. It's like, so oh my God, I thought the Spotted Dick Show was great, but this made me wet my dirty portal pants! <laughs> You know what? You know what the scary thing is too is that this is Bill's first show. He's gonna think this is what it's like every week. <laughs> oh my God! He said dark portal. Ah! In a world of toilet humor and double entendres comes, <laughs> and then we're gonna get the email. Dear Tavern Cast, <laughs> I'm very disappointed in the direction this show has gone. I Ever let my three-year-old listen to your show, and now he runs around saying Dark Portal. He picked up my guns that were unlocked and went to the liquor store and shot two people there. <laughs> oh, hey. Rewind! Uh, sorry. <laughs> John is now very upset. <laughs> So, tab- Taverncast this week is brought to you by La Chouf. It's an artisanal Belgian golden ale brewed with spices. And the front of the bottle has this really cute little gnome. The legend of gnomes, Chouf's, who once brewed in this mysterious Shoof. region, provides the inspiration for this eccentric bottle-conditioned double-fermented ale. And there's a picture of this little dude on the what front. What the heck like is he doing? Gnome. Oh, he's pulling... Wheat? He's pulling wheat. I don't know, but... That seems like a very inefficient way to harvest wheat. You know, I'll- anyways, it looks. let's drink it and do cheers so we cheers. can move on. Woo! Cheers! Cheers! It's let's- got a really bitter aftertaste. What are these now? It has a huge head on it. Tastes a little lashoofy. What we're eating this week are actually spider kebabs. Mm. Spider kebabs. Com- complete with um, pieces of spider sausage, <laughs> Alterac Swiss... Golden bark apples and bits of um, bread fresh from Stormwind. Okay, I'm really impressed that you were able to that quickly convert what is on the skewer into World of Warcraft lingo. That is impressive. I, I would like not have been sausage. able to do that. That's because it's hot, She's baby. the RP queen right there. Faux shizzle, Actually, what we're eating are skewers with uh, maple, sweet apple, chicken sausage, yeah, sausage um, smoked cheddar, and uh, what is it? Raisin pecan bread. Mm-hmm. Good lord. So... I'll post a um, a list of this stuff on the um, on the website, and we're gonna also post a picture because we've got a beautiful picture of it. And Bill, recording remotely, is eating Cheetos and Budweiser. Mm, <laughs> Budweiser, <laughs> Cheetos. Uh. What are you drinking, Bill? Oh, it's just cheese whiz straight out uh, of the can. <laughs> this is delicious. I'm eating mm, the worst potato chips you've ever had. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You're making me choke. I got... Dear Taverncast, my name is Martin, and your show used to be very informative until you started taking 20 minutes to describe the food you were eating. I don't care what food you eat, I simply want to know hardcore, content-rich information about level 47. Thank you. I am drinking a delightful, manly beer, not a beer named Le Chouf. 
Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> does it have a that is, It does not, but it does have a whale that used to be named Shamu, so I guess it is kind of close. It's called Alaskan Summer Ale. It is, a, it is a delightful blend of something and something else that makes me dizzy, and it really does taste good. Water and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And to, so what's your problem with what are drinking? Uh, now that we're drinking La Chouf. What's wrong with La Chouf? Well, I'm just, you know, it sounds what's better. not manly about this? I'm just trying to think of how the beer commercial for La Chouf goes. You know, the typical beer commercial has got, like, women in bikinis or giant horses or, ju- you know, huge trucks driving around or, you know, people out in the snow and this giant speeding train comes flying through and cheerleaders and football and when you want beer... You think of one beer amongst the rest, Le Chouf. I mean, get that doesn't. How do you even? How do you even get there? Good Lord! Dear Tavern Cat, that sounds great. I used to really appreciate the program before Eloy started screaming in the mic, and now this new guy Bill does the same thing. Is it too hard to ask for soft-spoken, straightforward, content-rich information on hardcore rating? Thank you. I'm going to go listen to the World of Warcast. Screw you guys. Starman and Renata are far better and more serious, and they never scream in the mic. Lawler skates, noob. (laughs) And now for the special announcement related to Taverncast-specific information from Grobly. I'd like to please ask you to uh, donate and support the show. Help us keep putting the show out. You can do that by going to our website, which is www.taverncast.com look for the donation button in the lower left hand corner Uh, you can also sign up for our excellent forums there same place and uh, we'd also like you to go check out our other websites we've got warcraftinsider.com which has non-taverncast specific warcraft information if you're looking for some of that we have blogs blogs. all three of us have blogs there Um, sort of sort of well we have blogs they may be empty but we have blogs. I forgot, how, I forgot how to get in to do it. I've got all this stuff in my head. but I, I love Kern Kinter's blog. Yay, we! RP! <laughs> Yay, we! I have a blog! that way for like three weeks. Yeah, I read that. that five weeks I ago. read that blog every day. I read day. it every day. It cheers me up. I'm like, I, I, I try to read in different interpretations to it. You know? Kern Kinter's blog is uh, put emphasis only. on different syllables. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> it's like interpreting the Bible with her books. In passage 18, verse 4 of Kernkater's first blog entry, we read, Ooh, wow, we, I haveth thou a blog. And we see the true intention of the love and peace of Kernkater spreading throughout the world with lore, love, and crap. Thank you. That's our blogs. All praise be the Kernkater. We'd also ask that if you're interested to check out our other podcast, which is called Taverncast The Screen, which is done by myself and Eloysius and someone you may have heard of called Karg. So you can reach that by going to thescreen.taverncast.com or just search for Taverncast on iTunes. Thanks. Thanks a lot. So these are the people who have donated since I read the names on the last show, which was a month and a half ago. <laughs> so we got a pretty good list here. We want to thank all these people, and I apologize in advance for when, when not if, I uh, mispronounce your name. Rasty, Patrick Bayer, Kathy Reed, Greg Kuski, Gimme Yo Smoke, Jamie McCraig, 
Wesley Gibbs, Murray Kennedy, Pete Foster, Bully Walk, Dunya, and Dunya again, John Crow, Edaru, Amalina and Humoron, Hephaestus, Marie Baker, Tessa Wright, Glendara, Jarl, Dag Hall, Heem, and Yolanda Santana. My micro-mechanism thanks you. My computer tapes thank you. And I thank you. Okay. Thank you to all of you. Thank you very much for supporting this show. <clears throat> Yay. We apologize for this show. I apologize for mispronouncing your name. You getting them wrong or forgetting you or whatever else I might have done. Sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. So, Eloy, what'd you do this week? Got your mouth full of stuff. Move on. All right, Cromley, what'd you do this week? Well, this week I got level sixty on the shaman. Finally, I've done. Congratulations! I've been doing more high-end raiding than I've ever. Well, I don't know if you call it high-end rating on inst- high, you know, level 60 instances than I've ever done. I've done LBRS, UBRS, Zolgurub. Didn't okay. we go into AQ also? Stop. So, Hammer time. What is, what's your impression? After all this time, and I know you haven't been into some of these places, what's your impression now that you're doing it? I'm curious. They're pretty fun. I think, for me, I, I hit a point about somewhere between one and two hours where I start to get antsy. And I think that's true of any activity I do, other than sleeping. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the longer instances, I start to get tired, and I feel like I need a break or something. But besides the time issue, I, I think it's been fun. I think a lot of that is just being in, you know, in with the pods as we uh, approach the instances in our own "quote unquote" special way, unique way. <laughs> it's the casual of the casual. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. And a lot of AB too. And that's a nice short instance, nice short battlegrounds. Yeah, yeah, pod. Yeah. It, for, though I, I should say for AB though, I don't tend to get hit as much by that. Maybe because it's. In such short bits, you know what I mean. You die a lot, so <laughs> you know. I feel like you know. You go out for you're like, oh, one more, one more trip out or whatever, and then you die in three minutes, and you come back. It's certain. I don't know. That's all it takes. It takes you three minutes to die. I'm lucky if I go out for like twenty seconds and live. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I spent the last couple weeks crash skilling up tailoring because I got the uh, the pattern for Robe of the Void, mm-hmm. which is a epic pattern for tailoring for warlocks specifically where you make the you make the item and it soul bounds to you instantly so it's it's yours it's you know you get one chance at it basically and it's plus 46 shadow damage or plus 46 i'm sorry plus damage plus damage and effects so it, it's not just my shadow damage but it's also uh fire spell damage too which nice. is hot. work for mages and stuff nice too. well if they if could they, wear it but yeah, they can't they yeah. there is well, one for mages they tailoring, they could. there's one for mages and there's one for priests mm-hmm. cool the one for priests is called the True Faith Vestments. The one for mages, I'm not entirely sure. Do you know, Bill? Robe of the Robe of the Archmage. Okay, all right, cool. Hot. So yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I finally got it done. Um, so it took me about I don't remember how much it was now. Over 200 gold to skill up tailoring to 240, 250, something like that. And uh, it took me an, about another hundred or so to buy the, all the additional pieces that I needed for the robe, as well as numbers of hours of farming junk to, to try to get stuff. Some Plus, generous donations from certain guildies to help me get it. So it's cool. 
It's my first epic piece of armor in the game, and I made it. Which is kind of neat. That is kind of cool. I bet when you we uh, when you equipped that, you saw a pretty heavy difference in you know aggro pulling when you were doing an instance. Yeah, instantly. Not to mention the fact it was like you know I can drop a mob in like ten seconds. I mean it's it's a pretty significant difference because I went from I think a robe that had no plus damage to plus forty six. So that's a pretty big di- pr- yeah. pretty, pretty big difference. Yeah, that's huge. But cool. yeah, as far as pulling the aggro, it was a problem before. And it's seriously a problem now. So basically, I dot, and that's what I do unless I'm sure I can kick off some of the heavier stuff. It's certainly one of the big critiques on Warlocks is we don't have any kind of, you know, real aggro management like um, the mages are supposed to be getting in their, in 1.11. Under Master Demonologist, if we have an imp out, but then that requires you to have an imp out, it, it helps somewhat. Right. And that's kind of like, you know, the Master Demonologist spec is kind of the uber PvE, you know, spec. But it'd be nice to have something that's a little bit more, you know, flexible with the other specs so we could try to minimize it. Otherwise, we're just aggro magnets. You know what, though? It's a trade-off because it's like with, um, I don't want to get too deep into the whole warlock discussion, but I mean with with demonology, if you take a full demonology tree, it gives you damage dealing abilities to some extent. Uh, But, I mean, that's to be expected. You get incredible defense off the demonology tree. I, I was full demonology for a long time, and... I mean, nothing could kill me doing solo. I could take on like four or five mobs at a time and not worry about it. But now, not so much. <laughs> yeah, and you have to try mobs that are bigger than the wolves in uh, Tourist Fall Glades. Yeah, have you tried five mobs who are above level five? Dude, I could take 20 of them on. They dropped me once, too, but I, I've sprung back from it. <laughs> You've survived. You were uber. Very impressed. So, Crunkadere, how about you? You're not going to believe this, but I'm level 48. 48. Ooh. I know it. That's hot. She's I'm so excited. She's approaching 50. I know. Well, I'm Are actually... Are you still on your, your big, like, I'm going to level up really fast kick? Well, I'm not necessarily... Because you gonna... were a couple weeks back. I'm not going to level up, you know, really, really fast. Like, I'm not going to go and have people run me through, you know, Sunken Temple six times in a row just to get a level. I'm still going to go through with my quests and stuff and do stuff. But last night we did a Sunken Temple run that was so fun. And I've only been there once. And I am so, so not good at uh, <laughs> dishing out DK... Uh, dishing out, um... DPS. I do much better at healing, so I'm actually considering respecking holy and doing it soon. Even before you finished your level run, huh? Right. Because it's, it's not that I want to do it because the guild needs it. I want to do it because I really like healing. And we had a really good group last night. We had a warlock, a mage, a hunter, myself, a priest, and a druid. I hear that warlock guy who was with you just sucks. He was one of the worst warlocks. He sucked. He was, he was actually a pickup. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got our fourth host, right? It was Pick Bill. Bill was awesome. Thank you. Um, but he, uh, no, but the, the, the run was, was hard because I think that I'm used to doing instances like Scarlet Monastery. And even Aldemon was a little bit, step, a little step up from there. But I don't have a whole lot of, this is my first run into an instance where you really had to do things in a certain order and there was a, um, a rhyme and a reason behind everything, and you had to you had to hit things in a certain order and with certain spells and stuff. So I think it's just going to be a matter of time before I get all that down. Because yeah. I still really am a noob about this stuff. And that's okay though. Yeah, it's a it'll be a learning curve. But anyway, getting back to the whole reason going to holy. While shadow is so much fun, and I can just do so much damage, and it's just awesome. <laughs> I still think that I really enjoy the healing aspect of it. Watching green bars is not a big deal for me. It's probably why I do what I do in real life. Now, you're going to lose a couple of the things you were doing last night that seemed pretty cool, like Vampiric Embrace or the Mind Control. You think you're going to mm-hmm. miss that stuff? 
Well, the vampiric embrace, I think, helps to heal the group while dealing, while dishing out shadow damage. I don't know enough about the discipline and holy trees to see if the trade-off is worth it. Mind control, I'm, while I've only used it a little bit, only played with it a little bit, I don't, I really haven't gotten attached enough to it to really miss it. I don't know. My, my first, my first inclination is to say, no, I don't know that I'll really miss it. And once I respect holy or discipline holy, am I going to want to respect shadow later? I might, but I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a try before I, before I, I level up. So I have a chance to kind of use it out in the world to see if it's something that I want to do and then kind of go from there. Cool. So here's where we interject the Dear Tavern cast. That noob level 40 chick you've gotten on her show that has like a million alts. We've actually gotten mail like that. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. I can. That's what I did. What did you do, Bill? Well, I've been on this um, quest to get my PvP set gear. It started out because since I'm on the West Coast and Whisperwind... Never-ending quest. It is. I mean, it's it's ruthless. But What since, is your quest? <laughs> what <laughs> is your favorite color? The <laughs> Black, of course. He's a warlock. Most everybody on our... I mean, the, the, by far the, the, the large majority of the people that are in our guild and are on our server are at least, you know, on... Um, you know, East Coast time or Central time. Um, so raids get started. Or Aussies. Yeah, or the Aussies. So raids. So for them, raids get started early, early morning. But for the most part, everybody starts their raids early afternoon for my time. Um, and occasionally I'll get to do, you know, there will be like the late night raid. But for a while, since there wasn't one, I was looking, always looking for something to do at level 60 that didn't take, you know, that I could kind of do myself. And that ended up being PvP. So I started dabbling in PvP. And found it to be not too difficult, you know, just like everything else Blizzard does. They make it really easy up front and give you all kinds of rewards. I mean, you can go up ranks fairly quickly just by with a few honor kills. And they, they just <laughs> they really suck you in. Because then <laughs> what happens is they start dangling armor in front of you. Like, really, really good armor. You know, Shiny like, armor. Yeah, like, better than my, you know, tier zero stuff, really. I mean, I tried to do... I did it... I was... There was a point where I was trying to figure, do I want armor that's plus stats, or do I want armor that's plus damage? And I think I've come to the conclusion that plus damage for a DPS class is the way to go. And mm-hmm. lo, lo and behold, PvP damage, or PvP mm-hmm. gear is all about damage. So, you know, you get you, you get your, your PvP gear at rank 7, uh, 8, and 10. Once you start getting a little bit of armor, and once you get rank 7, it is non stop it's because you you constantly have to get more and more honor and if you if you stop pvping you will lose that honor it's like yeah, you lose rank yeah you lose rank it's like leveling if you don't like if you don't keep playing you'll start going down levels or something so mm. it's and and if you lose rank you won't be able to buy you know it just puts you that much further it's like you've all that work that you've done is kind of for naught so I was really caught in in a great bind I did a lot of a, you know a lot of all the battlegrounds really um, so this last week I hit Exalted with AV, and I, I really enjoy that instance a lot. It's very epic. I know Cromley has a great time with it. It's been talked up a mm-hmm. lot on this show. It's it's one of my favorites. But this last week I've I've really kind of chilled out. I think I've resigned myself a little bit to not you know completing that blue PvP set and getting ranked ten, uh, just because you know by way of reference I I think I did you know a hundred thousand honor last week. And I remained at 67th place. I didn't go up a spot or down a spot. So that was just, um, 
it was just and too you PvP'd every night. Yeah, every single night. And like sometimes I would get involved in like the you know the horde good groups. You know, where, where people that are you know like in the top ten and they're trying to get their you know high warlord, and so they've got very good PvP players and they just win, 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 win. And you know I would I got in those at least a couple of nights, and so I got you know just tons and tons of honor. So it's it's much more of a commitment than I am willing to make. And and frankly, at the end of the day, I, I've just had a blast this last week kind of kicking back in Alterac Valley, you know, who, not really worrying if it if it took, you know, a couple hours as opposed to, like, trying to get the quick win in or doing an instance or running with, you know, Kern last night through Sunken Temple. That stuff was just a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, it's, that's what this is kind of all about. You know, I have this feeling that the Rank 10 stuff... And, and above is only really achievable by, like, the PvP squads you see going out, where you've got, like, the, you know, three- or four-man groups that go into the battlegrounds and sort of grind together and share all that experience amongst themselves. I'm not so sure you could get it on your own. I could be wrong about that, but I see a lot of these, like, kill squads running around, and I have a feeling that that's why. Yeah. That's certainly, that's certainly one way to do it. You see a lot of these guys, you know, talking to each other on the official forums. You see a lot of the same guys over and over again. It also lends itself to, because it, a lot of PvP is based on time spent in the battlegrounds, mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. lends itself to sharing accounts, which is against the rules, and people have gotten banned for that mm. stuff. But, you know, when, so, when you've got a very volatile personality that is very good in PvP, suddenly show up and doesn't speak a word and is kind of, you know, doing just random things in the battleground, I mean, it mm-hmm. certainly makes you wonder. <laughs> doesn't take a brain scientist to kind of figure out what's going on. So are you going to continue it, or have you pretty much gotten to the point where you feel you've achieved enough and are going to let it slide back down? I don't know. In, in, in 1.11, they're updating the PvP uh, gear. And for the Epic gear, lucky guys, they, they just happen to automatically update any existing gear that you have. For the blue set, however, which is yeah, up to rank that. 10, you have to, you have to rebuy everything. So basically, sucks. it does. It, it does. Because I'm like 30% away from rank 10, and my fear is that I push real hard in like the next week or, so, or two, get rank 10, and then i got to hold it <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, know, until yeah. 1.11 comes out, which who <coughs> so knows when. buy the new, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just going to try to you know, nurse it along a little bit, and we'll see. I, I, I think yeah. I'm pretty viable doing what you know, we're doing with the gear I currently have, so we'll see. Well, but being ranked Centurion and being 67th place on the server is nothing to sneeze at, though. It's true. It's nice. I mean, it's kind of an achievement. You always, whatever you do, you know, whether it's a hobby or your job or, or whatever it is, you want to try to, you know, do it with excellence. So it's it certainly feels good to be close to the top 50 in, in the, um, you know, on the server, but it's, it's, not, it's not, certainly not something I'm going to put on my resume. <laughs> oh, come well, on. Why not? I don't uh, get it. Let's see. I'm a stone guard. <laughs> really? <laughs> You're also known as Infernal Bill. Um, how does that help you be a CPA? Well, you see, I can gank, and I can calculate honor real well, and I know numbers, right? Uh, thank you. Hey, someday, maybe. Someday. Someday. S- someday. No one wager we would lose And now it's the 
been doing a lot of talking here amongst ourselves about the differences between Blizzard's own random roll loot system and the DKP systems that many guilds use in the game for end game rating. In other words, like how they, what systems they use to figure out who gets what items and how they roll and, and that kind of deal. What does DKP stand for? Dragon Kill Points. And it's based off of what, old EverQuest systems? I, yeah, probably an old EverQuest system, I would guess. Basically, it's an accruing of points. People amass points, and those points go towards certain items. So say if a, a epic sword drops, it, it costs 50 points. If you've got 45 points accrued from going to raids and showing up on time and brushing your teeth every night, you may not have enough points to get the sword. It depends on the system, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So the question that, that we keep turning around, and we've, we've finally had some time to look into, is which system is better, which system is more fair? DKP or the random roll loot system that Blizzard has already implemented for us. And we've got some thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I've thought about this for for quite some time. And I think that there is a fundamental issue um, with respect to whether or not to put in a DKP system. And the fundamental issue is whether or not it makes sense for any given guild's culture to favor somebody that has been raiding with the guild regularly as opposed to somebody who has been raiding with the guild irregularly. So, for instance, if you've got a guy that's, you know, or, or gal, that's been raiding, you know, every single time you've been going to Molten Core, um, and some fat epic drops, d- should that person get a preference over somebody else who, you know, this may be their very first Molten Core run? And I think, in my opinion, the answer is maybe. I think it depends upon the guild in some guilds you've got very hardcore and I I hate to use that word because it's got all kinds of connotations and different people take it you know differently but by hardcore I mean a a guild which is, is very interested in keeping the same group of people rating the same instances or higher up end instances over and over again on a regular basis and that if you have people missing with any kind of frequency, then it ends up being bad for the guild and maybe possibly subject to dismissal of the person that's that's missing. As opposed to a casual style, which is rated if you've got enough people and if you've got enough interest and whoever shows up, it's first come, first serve sort of thing, depending upon group makeup, that sort of stuff. I think for a hardcore guild, they're going to look for the, the same people coming in over and over again. And for a, a, a more laid-back or casual guild that, that has a, more of a uh, diversity of people coming in, it, it may make more sense not to have DKP. And the reason is because both systems are fair. There's a lot of discussion about you've got to put in DKP because it's not fair to just have a straight-up system, to, to just have a straight-up role. But if you consider Blizzard already has a system for loot, which is the drop itself, and a roll of 1 to 100. That in and of itself is, you know, an allocation of the loot. That is a system. And the system works itself out by virtue of the frequency with which the regular raiders raid. The person, mathematically speaking, and I certainly I'm no, you know, I don't have a degree in math, but I think it's fairly sound fundamental principles, that whoever goes and raids the most has the greatest likelihood of getting the better loot. And whoever doesn't is going to have less of an opportunity. Now, random things could happen. You could have somebody that just comes out of the blue for one shot, comes in, raids, gets an epic, and leaves the guild with that epic. My response to that is twofold. One, 
you know, who really cares if the success or failure of a guild is contingent upon one epic, you know, whether it stays in the guild or not, then I think there are more serious issues to consider. But secondly, I think that the system works itself out because what's going to compensate for that problem is the guild culture itself. So, for instance, our, the guild that we have on Whisperwind, which is the pod people, we very much promote a system where people are congenial, where everybody is looking out for the guild as a whole as opposed to you know, the person individually. That goes from the 60s down to the people that are leveling as, a, as well as the people that are leveling, leveling or just hitting 60, looking at the people who have been raiding for some time. So often you find yourself getting into discussions of, you know, who who is going to take it, whether it's in, in, on the basis of what is best for the guild as a whole. And so far, you know, running these things and, and, and doing what we do, it, it's worked out great. There are people that are concerned that with, you know, how is this going to work when we start reaching bigger things or, you know, newer things or, or what, what, what does the future hold? And maybe it's the optimist in me, but if it's not broken, I advocate not fixing it. You know, certainly there's plenty of DKP systems to consider if a major issue comes down the line. But so far, so good. Well, first of all, life isn't fair, period. Yeah. So if people who are saying, well, we have the DKP system to be fair, it's fair to some. It's not fair to others. The random roll system, fair to some, not fair to others. When is life ever fair? I, I have a philosophical break on this. And when it's that when you're trying to implement a system that's fair, invariably, it's only fair to certain people. I mean, the only fair system would be one where every every time you go, 40 items, the exact same 40 items drop or whatever. And, you know, what's, at that point, what's the fun of it? Yeah. I think that a lot of that some of the concerns about the whether to use a DKP system or not has to do with the general topic of guild progression. You've got a group of, let's say, 100 people who are going through instances in an order based on what they have the ability to do. And the ability to do them not only um, stems from their level, but also stems from their gear. And the gear you have to get on all of these players to be able to progress to the higher higher level instances. So in that respect, I do see their point uh, with regard to the people that raid regularly to get the high gear so that then their core group can then go on and progress to be able to hit those higher instances yes. to then bring up lower people who don't have that gear to then go go forward. But see, but, but see, again, that has to do with guild culture. Yeah, but the people that yeah, but the people that raid regularly are going to get the gear. It's just a matter of do you guarantee or do you implement some additional system so that they get the gear that so you kind of maximize the the fairness or maximize the the speed at which the regular raiders get the get, get the gear because by virtue of probability. Raiding more and more often, undoubtedly the regular raiders are going to get it. And it's a question of, if you chase fairness, nothing is ever going to be absolutely fair, as Eloy was saying. And so then you start to look at, what do you sacrifice in exchange for the fairness? Because well, you sacrifice a hell of a lot of time spent managing the... Yeah, it just, to me it seems like a nightmare of spreadsheets and rules and... I mean, yeah, I mean, look at the here's, the... here's the options. You can use Blizzard's built-in role system which is five keystrokes slash roll, or you can, you know, figure out where you stand on all these numbers and calculate yeah, and stuff. someone's got to keep I mean, track of every Lord. raid and everyone who's in every raid and with their, you know, depending on how the system works, but there's a lot more overhead no matter now, what it is. This has been a hot topic on both the Taverncast boards and the Pod People boards now for about a week, maybe a little bit longer, which is one of the reasons we're talking about it because it seems like so many people are interested in it one way or the other. 
And one thing I've noticed through talking through these things on the boards is that the people who have come from a scenario where they've used DKP can't see anything else but DKP, while the people who are outside of DKP and have never used it don't understand why DKP has to be implemented. So you've got like these two camps. You know what I mean? Like once you're ingrained in the system, I think a lot of the people who use DKP like it. Now there's a lot of horror stories with DKP. I mean like we had Alachia and Starman on not too many mm-hmm. shows back, and I think they portrayed a pretty – fair picture of, you know, good ways, Alachia especially, when she was using a zero-sum DKP system, which I'm not going to go into how it all works, but I mean, it seemed pretty decent, pretty reasonable of a system. But to me, it's it's not necessary as long as your culture of your guild is wired in such a way that you don't, it, it doesn't cater towards the greed of the individual. You level all the way up to 60, the game dynamics help you get there, the game is fun, things are kind of loosey-goosey. You get into the end game and suddenly it's like structure, structure, structure. And you've got to do this and you have to raid six times a week and it's got to be at these times and you've got to go, go, go and you've got to accrue all these points. I mean, what happens if you just keep with the same role system that everyone's learned to use from leveling up? They go in, something drops, they roll on it. Now, I mean, if you're in a good guild situation, if something drops, it's this unbelievable item, and everybody who's at the raid sits there and go, hey, you know, Tony the Warrior's been looking for this for 18 levels. Let's just hold off and give it to him. You can bet that people probably will. But on the other hand, why shouldn't the new 60 have a chance at getting an item that drops in Molten Core for his first run. And what if he does? Now you've got a level 60 who has just come up, who's gone and run this thing. Maybe he's a little tentative about raiding. Maybe he doesn't know anything about it at all. He just walked away with like some epic sword or some stupid thing. He's going to think a lot more favorably about his guild, about raiding, about what kind of time he's got to commit to do this kind of stuff because he he went away, he had a good experience, and he got a nice piece of loot. Mm -hmm. So you may have just created another person who will be an integral part of a raiding team in the future simply by using the random roll scenario. I think the big difference between the random roll system and the DKP, again, is the rate at which the guild progresses. And a lot of people play World of Warcraft to be able to see the endgame content. And if you, as a guild, use DKP, you're going to have people who are able to progress faster, those same people, to be able to move the group through faster. Okay, so, uh, because I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that point. Because when people ask me about this, you know, especially people that are new 60s in our guild, they'll ask about, or, or people that have been 60 for a while, ask whether or not it makes sense for us to do DKP so we can progress faster. And my immediate question to them is, what role did you not get that you think if you had gotten, you would be better off? Or that you would be, you would be rating better, that we as a guild would be doing better? And there, there's never been an answer. And I, so I think that there's a very thi- it, though it may sound correct that a DKP system is going to help a guild get to endgame bigger and better endgame or more challenging endgame instances faster. In practicality, having not had DKP system for as long as we have, um, it, it just hasn't fleshed out. DKP is at the end of the day a remedy, a remedy for a problem. And if my point is, is if which is greed, as far as I'm right. concerned, right? If the, it's not the problem, isn't that you're not, uh, you know, moving fast enough, or that you're not doing things that are good for the guild, or or because because I don't think that DKP is a response to those things, and I don't see those problems as actually being fleshed out in a realistic way with a no DKP system. The problem is people aren't get people feel slighted when an epic goes to to you know, random warrior as opposed to regular warrior. I, I think going to DKP, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you totally. To me, I mean, I mean, what what are the chances of some super elite epic dropping? It's got to be like 
0.5% on a given raid. And to structure an entire DKP system on the 0.5% chance that one will drop and then the 1 out of 40 chance that random newbie gets it just seems like like you said, it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I can see. I can see what their concern is, and and it's it's I pretty. I can see how it'd be frustrating if it happened. No, well, definitely. but here, the thing the thing is is that there's got to be there's a way to do it without doing DKP where you can still get the most important of the epic items that drop. And I'm not talking about you know individual set pieces or something. I'm talking about like the super uber weapons and gear, right? That drop very few times or that take, you know, multiple items to put together and use. There's a way to do that. You simply say, look, yeah. this is in this one specific interest, we're gonna ask that you, you know, not roll on this because we want our guy who runs with us to yeah, get so this all the more time. More of a leadership issue at that point than yeah, absolutely stuff. it is, and it should be it should be something that isn't uh, isn't an issue. But we're talking about two completely different things here, though. And what you're saying, though, Eloy, is DKP without the points. In it's saying that way, this yeah. that this person is, is has preferential treatment for this item without assigning points to it. So you're actually you're actually not speaking against the DKP well, system. N- well, no, but that's what I said. I can understand where the people who who want the DKP system to prevent that kind of stuff have it. I, d- I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying on other other situations. Yeah, I don't see the point of DKP. That often. It's not that we're. It's not that the idea of a preferences system is anathema. Kids, look that one up. <laughs> it's that the. It's that the. It's that the idea of. DKP in and of itself, insofar as you're actually assigning points and cashing in on points, and you know, as opposed to being cool and having fun. I mean, I guess to the extent yeah. that that's a preference system, being cool and having fun, then I'm all for it's definitely it. Definitely my preference. <laughs> yeah. The person who is in the in the core 45 times though would debate that with you. They would say, "Well, the hell with that. Why should you know if I'm the." person the mage who's been in this group 45 times why should you know johnny greenhorn mage get a chance to roll on the staff i've been waiting 45 times to go in on and mm-hmm. that that is the thing that people keep bringing up right but the, but as as bill said statistically he would have had 45 attempts or however many attempts yep. that that staff has, has come down to roll if it's his bad luck that he keeps rolling and he keeps losing out on them that's just his bad luck. It's just life. It isn't fair to You've got it. to deny someone else that that yep. opportunity just because they haven't run there 45 times because this guy's just got, you know, really crappy luck. And you are now enunciating exactly my problem with DKP. I know, and I, I agree with your problem with DKP. It's not that I've ever disagreed with it. I'm just stating that I also see the flip side of the coin. No, I, I see it too, but it boils down to, in the situation we just painted out, it's a matter of that mage just basically goes into a fit and says, but that's mine because I put in the time and I should get it because it's fair. Well, I say, BS, life ain't fair. It's never been fair. And because you want to, you know, hamstring yourself into a system that makes it sort of fair, it, you know? You. Yeah. yeah. But statistically, I think these things work out anyways. Yeah. So that's what I don't think people are getting. They, see rand- they, they look at random and they're like, I'll never get it unless I get some sort of like, you know, booster sheet that gets me up there with points that I can spend as I will. Honestly, the numbers don't don't jibe with that. And if you want to talk about fairness, I mean, if you're this, the guy who's been through the core 45 times and wants to roll, feels it's his right, his his privilege, his earned opportunity to get the staff just because of the sheer numbers, well, that's not fair to the kid who's, this is his first or second or third run through the core, and he has got every right to roll on that thing as well. Everyone who plays this game wants to feel that their character is something. They want to be heroic. They want to be, you know, the guy. They want to be the the hero of whatever. 
that that's I, I think I mean why why do people play the game otherwise? You know, you don't play the game to like be a cog in a machine that you can just sit there and press two keys. <laughs> Unless you're a gold farmer, the game. then it's your Unless job. Unless you're a paladin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean, why what, you you stick people in this position where they hit level sixty? They feel like they've got this uber character in all green armor, and they're proud of themselves and their effort. And then you're like, okay, screw you, little monkey. Now it isn't the game anymore that governs your your leveling ability. It's us. It's this guild, and you're going to do what we say. And people just go along with it because everywhere you read, it's like DKP, DKP, DKP. This is how you do it. This is how you... This is how you roll. This is how you must respect your character. This is how you must run in this guild and every other guild in this arrangement and using this strategy to be successful. And I say to all of that, it's nonsense. It's it's a matter of thinking outside the box. It's a matter of, you know, finding the recipe that's worked for eons and sticking with that or doing what's fun, doing what you enjoy and finding an alternative way to do it. And look, at the end of the day, bad things can happen, which, which makes the game not so much fun. And it is my strong position that you don't put in complicated systems that carry all the baggage that these kinds of systems do when no problem has yet arisen. I mean, you know, for the, for the guilds that are out there where, you know, you're, there's hardcore rating, where there's a lot of emphasis, where there's a lot of people that are really looking to be... Every night or something. They're, yeah. Right, and they're really looking to be the hero. I mean, that have put, you know... They want to be the top guild on this. And want to be the top player. Regardless of the top guild, they're not concerned about the guild. They're concerned about them. They want to be... They want to use the guild to be the top player. And they lose the headmaster's charge. Or, you know, I only mentioned that because it was just... It's a very rare drop that just dropped for one of the members in our guild this, this last week. I mean... You know, I think it, there was certainly no DKP. I think everybody walked away happy with the way it went, and it, it's it's great. I mean, the, the whole guild is happy that we have that stupid thing. So when we have it in, or that fantastic thing, so that when we, <laughs> so that when we go on that arrangement of ones and zeros, right? Exactly. <laughs> I love seeing Don't those pixels. Yeah, right. So yeah. you know, so that when we raid, I mean, everybody in that person's party gets a great you know intelligence buff, and we're that much more powerful. It's it's you know, don't break, don't fix it if it's not broken yeah amen so that's our that's our feeling please feel free to disagree with us we know (laughs) that you will hey guys i wanted to drop you a quick line i listened to your podcast since about the third or fourth show and i really enjoyed it my character's name is kelvinicus 60 mage on feather moon I want to tell you a quick story. I was recently doing the Tier 0.5 quest uh, gear, and uh, I got to the point where you go to Shelamont, and right outside in the front, you have to talk to a ghost there. Well, there's a bridge leading right up to that uh, meeting stone, and uh, so I'm there talking to him, and I don't know if he, you guys know, but once you get to be 60 and you've been doing that for a while, you kind of you have a tendency to get lax and cocky in some place. So I'm sitting there, finished with that. I'm standing there on the middle of that bridge, chatting with some guild people and talking about things and not really worrying because, you know, I'm a level 16, there's nothing around me. Well, about that time, I look up and right next to me appears the Scarlet Courier and all of his henchmen are surrounding me. So, <laughs> uh, note to self, if you want to know where the Scarlet Courier spawns, it's right on that bridge. So, <laughs> about a split second later, I was like, oh my God, and I reached down to try to hit blink and by the, before I could even hit it, I was dead. And it was funny. I was rolling, laughing on that. So thought I'd relate that story. Take care, guys. Love to share. Bye.
right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Out of Character with me. Today's term of the day is retcon. Who here has heard of retcon? Raise your hands. All right. Uh, Retcon. Is that that thing from Star Trek 2 where Kirk gets the little retina scan? Identify for retina scan. Identify for retina scan. Retina convention. Isn't that the guy that just directed X Men Three? That's Brett Ratner. Actually, the term retcon is short for retroactive continuity, and the it's it's defined Thanks. as the adding of new information to quote historical material, or deliberately changing previously established facts in a work of serial fiction. Oh, oh so yeah. speaking of I Star Trek, this, this is, is exactly how they ruined Star Trek. <laughs> Humans make illogical decisions. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> The reason that I'm bringing this up is because we're talking about the recent changes to the lore with the um, addition of the Draenei and the expansion pack, the Burning Crusade. There has been an extensive amount of discussion about this on our tavern cast boards and on the World of Warcraft main forums. So we're going to talk about that here. The reason that retcon comes in is because that's exactly what happened, is that there was originally information put out not only with the World of Warcraft, back World Warcraft, Warcraft 3, Warcraft 2, um, that talked about the history of the world and how it how it began, um, how the races interacted, how the societies were formed, and then with the introduction of the Draenei in as the new alliance race, it shot some of the major basic stuff all to hell. So, we're talking about the spaceship thing. No, well, the, the spaceship, uh, the spaceship ship. No, we're going to talk about that okay. in a minute. What I'm talking about is is the fact if you if you go back to our show that we did the. When we first started the Lore of Warcraft segments, we talk about how Sargeras was a noble giant of molten bronze. Say it like you mean it or else we don't believe it. <laughs> you can reference that yourself. Your mom's a <laughs> mighty warrior of noble bronze. <laughs> Sweet! A noble giant of molten bronze, Sargeras carried out his duties for countless millennia, seeking out and destroying these demons wherever he could find them. And he encountered two powerful demonic races, the first of which was the Eridar. That's how the original lore starts. Over the eons, Sargeras encountered two powerful demonic races. The Eridar, an insidious race of devilish sorcerers, used their warlock magics to invade and enslave a number of worlds. The indigenous races of those worlds were mutated by the Eridar's malevolent powers and turned into demons themselves. If you look at the Burning Crusade page, it talks about how the Eridar race arose on the world of Argus, which is separate from Kalimdor, and how the Eridar were intelligent, they had affinity for magic, and that caught Sargeras' attention because Sargeras was already evil, and he was over there and he corrupted them. Though Sargeras' nearly limitless powers were more than enough to defeat the vile Eridar, he was greatly troubled by the creature's corruption and all-consuming evil. Incapable of fathoming such depravity, the great titan began to slip into a brooding depression. As doubt and despair overwhelmed Sargeras' senses, he lost all faith not only in his mission, but also in the Titan's vision of an ordered universe. 
So that's what the big start of the whole hubbub about. But wait, so is, why why is that bad though? Isn't it that they're just kind of filling in the backstory of the history of the Eridar no, before? No, no, no. Listen to what I said. The original lore was that Sargeras was good, and he came across the Eridar who were oh, evil. Oh, that's right, and they corrupted him. Exactly. Mm. And now what they're saying is is that Sargeras is already evil, and they came across the Eridar who were good and powerful and and everything. The Burning Crusade goes on to say that he'd already begun his unholy burning crusade across the burning, burning... Burning, burning of burn? Wow, that sounds hot. <laughs> the fiery burning burns of burn. It is hot. Your mom's burning. <laughs> yeah, penicillin will clear that right up. I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning Actually, for you. I think we do clindamycin for those kinds of personal problems. <laughs> um, FYI. Just, just, PSA yeah. right there. <laughs> Does it work on the skin pocket? <laughs> The uh, the way that the Burning Crusade lore has it here is that Sargeras contacted the leaders of the Eridar, two of whom followed him and one of whom left. Two men enter, one man leaves. And the Eridar that left, that fleed, that fled? Fled. Fled. That fled. That fleeted it. That flewed. <laughs> the Eridar that, that escaped. The, the Eridar that escaped Sargeras and the Eridar that had turned with him renamed themselves the Draenei. That's where the Draenei come from. The lore is a complicated thing. It is. The lore is a complicated thing. So to to be able to understand it, you have to you have to have a sense of continuity. That's what the problem is here. Is that we have a huge backstory that's spanned over years while we've all been playing these games. Well, you all have been playing these games for, as their different iterations came out, and now with the introduction of an expansion, they're rewriting history. That's where the that's where the the challenges are. The official word from Chris Metzen, who who did the uh, did the original. I was just about to ask what he said. Yeah. Oh, did, you haven't read it? No, I haven't taken a look at it. Um, the original thing that he said... Chris Metzen wrote the original lore, by the way. Right. The first sentence was perfect. Get a life? Right. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game, kids. <laughs> the, first, uh, the first sentence is perfect. It says, right, to be totally upfront with you guys, it's my bad, straight up. So what, he's saying, what he went through to say is that he wrote all this stuff a long time ago, when they created the Eridar and everything, they were so, they were the Draenei and the Blood Elves for the new expansion, they were so hyped up about doing that, he forgot all about this crucial point and just forgot about it. Flat out human error mistake. That said, they're sticking with what they've put in this expansion pack. Do you know what I think we got going on here, what? honestly? Here's how we can rectify the whole problem. This is how I see it. So you got... The history of the world of Warcraft as told from multiple sources and multiple storytellers and lore keepers and eyewitnesses, right? So Lorekeeper 1 writes the lore that says uh, Sargeras came across the Eridar and they were bad, right? Because he's a big fan of Sargeras and worships them every night or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got the other side from the pro-Draenei dudes who are like, no way, we were good and Sargeras showed up. Mm -hmm. So you could spin it that way easily that you've just got you know you have multiple sides of the story that may not give you the full truth but in some ways it rectifies and plays off of each other and gives you a fuller picture of the lore. or even you know what you could also do you... i'm not a lore hound yeah i mean you could sell it from like the perspective aspect or you could just say it from like new material is uncovered i mean how many times did yeah, they find like a new dinosaur they like yeah. redate something and you know you don't care all like the uh, anthropologists going no way that was from the jurassic said... park this is from the period you got it wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is like the Nag Hammadi Dead Sea Scrolls text that reveals more about what potentially went on. Yeah. 
Hell, they could make a whole conspiracy out of this. They could make a whole new line of storyline that Sargeras wasn't really as good as the original lore made, made it out that he was and that history has been altered by, you know, the Burning Blade coven or something who wants to cover up the truth for someone. I mean, come on. We could go a million directions with this. That would be cool. Well, in doing my research for this topic... <gasps> research? Um, I actually, I know, I actually looked on the source of all sources for everything that's true and right, Wikipedia. That sounds definitive. <laughs> yes, it does. And there are th- three different kinds of, of retcon. There's addition retcon, alteration, and subtraction. And the example they have here for subtraction I thought was actually fantastic. It talks about how sometimes the retcon alterations are so drastic as to render prior stories untenable. In this situation, that's possible. Um, the example that they gave was, if you think about something we all know very well, Star Wars. What happened in Return of the Jedi? No, I'm not. I'm talking about, the, I'm talking about in um, Return of the Jedi when Boba Fett fell into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Okay. Later on in books and graphic novels and things that are even sanctioned by Lucasfilm, it yeah, shows he that he, he climbs out, he flew out, whatever. I got better. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. I, I got better. <laughs> you didn't fly out. You, or he, you didn't see that in the films, but it happened later. So you're actually changing the conclusion that you were left with originally. Does that mean that they're going to take that out of, out of the films? No. But it, it, it furthers along the storyline. And that would actually go with what you're saying, Eloy, where you're actually getting information from from different sources. And while we're in no conflict as far as whether Sargeras was evil, it's a matter of time as far as what happened first, the chicken or the egg. Did he find the Eredar first, and did they corrupt him, or did he corrupt them? Mm, that's a lot of crap. Well, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to make people think that, that I'm belittling it by trying to find a solution to it. I mean, while while I don't know that I care all that much about the lore of the World of Warcraft specifically, although I find it mildly entertaining, um, I do understand where people are coming from, where they, you know, where some people are just nuts over it, and that, sure, that's fine. Like I mean, else, yeah, you know? some people like Star are Wars or Star exactly. Or I mean, I have my own. You know, I'm I'm really in tune with the continuity of the Godzilla movies, and every little break in continuity with Godzilla really just cooks my brain. Yeah, all credibility just out the window. That's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) We lost a lot. On our forums, we've had a lot of people that have said the lore was ruined for them, and my 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 word of the day for you is this: that try to see it through the point of view that we've put here. That the difference between the way that the lore was presented originally and the way that it's presented now is just a difference in point of view. It doesn't mean that the entire story is broken. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. Can I ask a question? They, have, they haven't changed this then? They, not, have, they not, haven't not changed the origi- what they... No, not on the original lore. So here's what, this is why I don't understand then. If Chris Metzen, the creator of the lore, says, oh, whoops, I screwed up, why don't they just excise it? I mean, it's not even important to the Draenei story because what they can do is change it slightly. Oh, it's very no, important. No, no, but they can change story. it. They can just say instead of it happening the way they're currently saying it happened, they can say, you know, the Draenei or the uh, the Eridar were evil and Sargeras showed up, and as time went by, some of the Eridar realized the errors are their ways. Uh, no. That ship has already no, set sail. They've got all the material yeah. set up. They've got all the coding yeah. that's done. The T-shirts alone is going to be quest. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, and the, where the where the whole dimensional ship comes in is that the Eridar had the ability to, to move about from world to world before. They were fleeing. What happened was Sargeras came to... Explain the dimensional ship okay. where people have no idea what right. you're talking about. So what, what happened is with the new lore that came in through the, the Burning Crusade expansion, 
I'm going to assume that those of you that are listening to this show have already heard the collection of the World of Warcraft lore that we've read. So, reference back to Sargeras when we talked about him before. What the Burning Crusade is saying happened is that Sargeras was already evil. He came to the world of the Eridar and saw that their magic and their intellect and their intelligence would, would actually help him in creating the Burning the Burning Legion to go and wreak havoc across the across the universe. He contacted the top three leaders on the homeworld of the Eridar, Kiljaden, Archimond, and Valen. Mad props for trying to pronounce that Valen. stuff. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> so Kill Jaden and Archimond went with Sargeras and Velen took his followers who said to hell with this we're not going to be part of this burning legion and turn into demons got in their ship and left they fled they tried to get from world to world and get as far away from Sargeras and these guys as possible what ended up happening was they went to Outland which is through the dark portal which is where we're going to be able to go in the expansion Eventually, Sargeras found them in Outland. So what happened was so that Sargeras saw that the orcs were living peacefully with the Eridar. Um, the Eridar train changed their name to the Draenei. So the orcs were living peacefully with the Draenei. Sargeras corrupted the orcs to learn dark magic, which turned them into the bloodthirsty horde, which is what they call them, started a war with the Draenei. The Draenei then fled. In their ship, they ended up crashing on Azeroth. And that's where we start up with the expansion. That's how you get introduced to them, because that's where they've been living since they landed on Azeroth. And so people have the problems with it because it's like, oh my god, a spaceship, right? Yeah, but if you look at if you look at the lore that's been added with this with this stuff, I mean, it makes sense. It's not like you know we're talking about as 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 Chris Metzen we said, we're not talking. Here? As Chris Metzen said, we're not talking about the Millennium Falcon flying over, you know, <laughs> flying over Stranglethorn Vale or anything. Right. It's it's a goblin type thing. Yeah, because you've got goblin technology in there. You've got all kinds of stuff. You've got, you know, so it's within the realm of the world. So, what's the bottom line? Is there is there a resolution to this, or is it just one of those things that is this a midi chlorian (laughs) event? Han shot first. Smack. (laughs) Is this a a Greedo or a Han shot first event? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be dependent upon. Each and every individual person that plays this game. Um, so there are some people that are really up in arms about it, and there are some people that are saying, okay, so we changed the lore. Big deal. Um, and it's going to affect people in different ways. See, I heard when they said dimensional ship, I literally was like, cool. And I was going, you know, if they up the technology level in the world of Warcraft, they can finally blend StarCraft and Warcraft together, and how neat would that be? But nobody else seems to be. That's kind of a cool idea, That's- actually. See, Bill agrees I like with that me. Idea. See, that's what I was saying. Bill agrees with me. I like that idea. You have they have like mini Anyways, zerglings and stuff, don't they? That that's yeah, what I'm saying. Exactly. Do they yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Well, think of the well, think the of the uh, if you're talking about the Starcraft thing, think of the the uh, Solithid, right? What if it was uh, they started finding zerg hives all over uh, Azeroth? See, that would be. And then suddenly the uh, the the uh, Protoss showed up with and a bunch of zealots landed in Stormwind and made an alliance. And the zealots could be like the buddies with the uh, paladins. Can you imagine? Because the paladins aren't exactly good. I'm just saying it would be cool. Suddenly everybody's got swords and laser guns. I'll yeah. still be playing my level 48 paladin, but... <laughs> level 48 priest, but... Yeah, she'll, still be, she'll be up to 49. <laughs> anyway, so we've got a lot of really good conversation going on on the boards about this. On the um, Taverncast boards, go ahead and sign up over there and contribute your point of view to it. We respect all points. The best part of Kern's comment is that she doesn't play a level 48 paladin. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Thank you.
All right, so thanks for listening to the show. That's uh, show number 25. Please check out our website at www.taverncast.com. Sign up for the forums. Check out uh, Warcraft Insider at warcraftinsider.com. You can read our blogs there and articles that we write about the game. And also, please check out our store at taverncaststore.com. And if anybody's interested in joining the pod people on Whisperwind, go ahead and roll up a new character. If you've got an existing character, you can apply that way as well. And head on over to www.thepodpeople.net. And we've got an application process that's there that should be self-explanatory. And if it's not, then you probably shouldn't be applying in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. We are still taking recipe submissions from our listeners. You can send your Warcraft-themed recipe for food or drink to kernkater at hotmail.com. Make sure you include an ingredient list, cooking times, and uh, make sure the ingredients are kind of Warcraft-themed. Your chicken salad of the monkey would be more than welcome. Also, we'd please ask you, if you like the show, to please donate. If you donate at a level of $15 or more, you qualify for a year of access to our subscribers area, which has special content that's not available to the normal listeners. Oh, that's awesome. And it helps us keep doing our show. By normal listeners? <laughs> how do you mean that? <laughs> that's assuming we have <laughs> any normal listeners. But I think they know what I meant. <laughs> 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 so All of our listeners are special. I'll just say that. <laughs> If you want to be really obnoxious and send us audio stuff of yourself saying stuff about stuff, call 734-418-8727. That's our Skype line. And leave a message just like this one. Hi, this is Fred. Your Taverncast website? Cool. I like Kern Kater. It makes me feel kind of funny. And Infernal Bill sucks. But other than that, you guys are awesome. Karg rocks! Bring back Karg! She's so cool. And can you give me Card Lover's phone number? Because maybe she could be Fred Lover sometime soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. Wasn't that great? 734-418-8727. <laughs> you have no idea how close <laughs> that, that is that to is. the truth <laughs> yeah. about what we actually received. You have no In idea. In both audio and text. <laughs> I like the text one. We've got some good audio ones. We had this guy the other day who was like, like this, literally. Oh, hello? <laughs> Wait, uh, is this is this on? Okay. Well, if you can hear me, my name's Jigalakalo, and I'm a Torin priest. Well, I, okay, I'm a Torin druid, but they heal too. And I think the show it's really, really good, and you guys make me make me laugh. Um, and uh, hold on for a minute. What? <laughs> I'm on the phone. <laughs> Yeah, my credit I'll card. I'll clean it up in a minute, all right? <laughs> God! <laughs> Sorry, that was my mom. <laughs> Anyways. This is so true. Sometimes when I can get in to play Warcraft when I'm not grounded, I like to come in and I pretend that I'm in the pod people because I got turned down. And I'm working on that, so I don't... Sucks. <laughs> anyway, you guys are really cool. Oh my See god. You. That's fantastic. That's as serious as what it's like. Anyway, so that's Tavercast, show number 25. See you bye now. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>
Taverncast is recorded live in front of a studio audience. Taverncast does not endorse underage drinking and reminds those of you who are of age to have a stout heart and drink responsibly. Taverncast is a Snapdragon production. The only other thing I'd like to get off my chest is to all the fans that are out there, you know, you guys are you guys are awesome. I mean, especially the fans that send me money and cheese. It's great. I love it, love it, love it. And to all the whiners, uh, I hate you and hope you die. That's pretty much it. Cool. Yeah. I love the whiners. I don't hope they die. I like the cheese. I appreciate the whining. I try to figure whining. out their problems and solve them for them. <laughs> In fact, please send Aloysius all mail with concerns about your life and ways I can help you to fix it. <laughs> and with each letter of love That's you send Aloysius. to Kurt Kutter, I will send you a signed autograph picture of me in my bikini. Wow. <laughs> I will send you a signed autograph copy of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Photocopy. Photocopy of my ass. Oh, that's so scary. The dark portal. All right. (laughs) (laughs) The demons are coming out. (laughs) Honey, more beer! (laughs) Hello, I'm Uncle Pally, and this is my sidekick, Pookie. Hello! So what did you do this week, Pookie? Well, a bunch of us decided to get all falling down drunk and try to take out Crossroads. It went well, but then we got cocky and decided to take out Argamore. Sadly... They left their burning bodies on the outskirts of town. It was rather sad. And they go, is your, is your husband coming? Oh, no, he can't come. He's doing an internet radio show. They're like, <laughs> they're all, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, you're nerds. Oh, I got it now. Oh, great. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? Is those motherfucking bitches in our guild. They don't even know what the fuck is going on. They ask me where I'm at, man. Hit O. Go to the fucking guild channel. Look where I'm at. My name, Akondo Ogremar. That's where I'm at. Or maybe I'm in Undercity. I don't know. But stop fucking asking me. Well, it's really unfortunate you guys didn't tell me what uh, beer you were drinking, because I could just see myself going to, like, the local Albertsons or, you know, shopping center. Hi, uh, do you have, um, Le Chouf beer? Que? Uh, Le Chouf beer. Cerveza? You want Corona? <laughs> yeah, I'll take a Corona, thanks. Daddy, what are you doing? <laughs>